Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio. On the last episode of the podcast, the Rangers were about to take on the Oilers in the third game of their Western Canadian road trip. Fast forward a little over a week, the Rangers are now on a six-game wedding streak, heading into a Saturday night matchup against the Wild. No guests this week, so I'll be riding solo. Let's get into the hockey talk. Actually, uh, first, I'd like to just give a, a short congratulations to friend of the show, Nick Rose. Um, if you didn't see on Twitter, he got engaged at the, the game against the Hurricanes on Thursday. I actually helped set that up. I don't want to take any of the credit for it. But, you know, Nick was trying to do something special. He came up from North Carolina and, you know, he wanted to, you know, do something special for that. He didn't want to just, you know, propose before the game. Um so he was wondering how, if it was possible to like get on the ice. So I asked uh, another friend of the show, I asked Johnny Lazarus if he knew how to get there. And he actually pointed me in the right direction. And thanks to him, uh, we were able to, a group of 10 of us was able to go down to the ice after the game, a 2-1 victory over the Hurricanes. Um, but, you know, going down there, I, I didn't realize how you know, easy it would be to, to get on the ice. And I also didn't expect all those people over there. There was, there had to be at least a hundred people left over from that game. I mean, this game sold out, but I think a hundred people were were sitting in the in the stands. So when he made the proposal, when he did the proposal, um, and the people down there, like the MSG staff, they were really awesome about it. Like they took pictures for them, um, like official, like with an actual camera too, not just like on the phones and stuff. Um, so they're I'm sure Grace and Nick were really appreciative of that. Just an awesome moment. Uh, stepping on the ice at MSG was surreal. Like, the scoreboard was huge. Like, I don't know how the players do it. I would be scared to, to skate out there, honestly. Um, night in, night out, 41 times a year. Um, but hats off to Nick. Congratulations to him. And uh, we'll get into the Rangers talk here. Uh, oh, we're going give, to give some credit to Ranger Central, to, to Python. Uh, he was there. He was there. Uh, I had a nice picture of him, too, because, uh, I don't know, I was just taking random pictures, and uh, Python, I'll show, you, I'll show you the picture after. Uh, I'll, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it stashed in my phone for now, but um, anyways, with the, with the games, uh, perfect road trip for the Rangers. First three games were almost perfect. Like, defensively, they were great. Offensively, like, pristine. Movement was great. Zone entries, great. Lots of chances, lots of offensive zone time. That first game in Seattle was, you know, that was very, very smooth. After they gave up the first goal, it was all Rangers from from there on out. Jonathan Quick was fantastic. Then the Rangers win in, in Calgary. Um, we talked about that last week. And then the game against the Oilers. The Oilers are in shambles. That is not a good hockey team. I'm sorry. Like, that's just not a good hockey team. They're without their best player, and they can't win. Um, if you can't win without your best player, you're not a good hockey team. And that puts me in a bit of a predicament here because the Rangers are pretty much without their best hockey player in Adam Fox. Um, should be, I think, anywhere. I heard anywhere from two to six weeks he'll be out. He's on long-term IR. Um, so we'll see how the Rangers respond to that. I don't expect, I'm not expecting a win tonight. 
However, I did not expect to win against the Hurricanes because it was a long road trip, only one day off. Hurricanes were fresh, fully healthy. And then, you know, the rain, especially more so because the Rangers lost Heedle and Fox in that game, and Shesterkin was a little banged up. So I was very surprised that the Rangers pulled away with that one. But so far this year, not too many complaints for me from, from the Rangers. There are, we'll talk a little bit about the 5v5 offense. Uh, 5v5 offense needs to get, get better. I mean, it's been a constant talking point since last year. But uh, back to the, the road trip, the perfect road trip. Uh, first time in Rangers history, the Rangers swept a, a five-game road trip. So the franchise has been around for almost like 100 years, and it's never happened before. So it's pretty crazy that they were able to do that. Um, so those last two games were felt a lot like I tweeted about it and it gained a lot of traction, but it, it reminded me a lot of how they played last year and the first year under Gerard Gallant. So whenever they were under Gallant, pretty much, you know, get big saves from Shesterkin, get a key power play, Kreider scores. And that's your formula to win, right? Fox makes a great play and Kreider scores, let's say, you know, that's. That's the formula to success the Rangers had when they had 50 wins in each of the last two seasons. Um, you can't rely on that. We know that because the Rangers hit a brick wall when their power play went to shit against the Devils in the first round uh, last season. So need to improve that that even strength offense. But that game against Vancouver, I don't think the Rangers had any business winning that game. Honestly, honestly, I think the they got away with a couple calls, especially in overtime. The the Kreider trip. Uh, I know that the Canucks fans were were pissed off about that. Um, but you know what? The Rangers capitalized on the the opportunities that that they were given. You know, two five on three goals. Uh, Zibanejad gets his first of the season, and uh, th- then the Rangers score on the second of those minors. So on the five on four, they score to give themselves a lead. Then Vancouver ties it late, and uh, you know it goes to overtime. That was just a special teams battle. I've never seen so many special teams goals. Like that that double minor against the high stick on Zabanajad. Tyler Myers scores like maybe a minute into that. A shorthanded goal gives Vancouver a 2-1 lead. And I'm thinking, there's no way the Rangers can come back from this. You know what? Like, that's fine. If they drop this one, they got three of the first four. Let's come back with a win against Winnipeg for and make it four out of five for the road trip. I was fine with that. But the Rangers did not give up. No quit in New York. Everybody's favorite theme. And uh, they got the job done. Miller gets the overtime winner. And then we go to Winnipeg, right? And, you know, that game was, um, I guess I I missed a a good portion of it. So I I really don't know how to comment on that one. Uh, The Rangers get another power play goal. Their power play has been very, very good so far this year. Uh, Panarin is playing great. Truba with a beautiful slap pass to to Panarin for the game's opening goal. Then uh, I think Fox shot it in the third period. The Rangers got a power play, and Kreider got another power play goal. Of course, is he on his way to 50? I don't know. I think he, he's got a good chance. I think he's up to 7 or 8 this year. Uh, he scored against Carolina, too. Another power play goal. What else is new? Um, so Kreider has been great. Panarin has been great. Fox up until the injury, has been great, um, but heavily reliant the past few games on the power play. They needed that big even-strength goal to win that game against Carolina. While I was at the game, 
I was tweeting about it. I was saying that, you know, the team is not going to win on, like, just getting power plays because the referees stopped calling them. And Carolina is a very good penalty killer, kill, killing team. You know, they're very aggressive. Um, and the Hurricanes actually scored a, a power play goal of, them, of their own. The Rangers held them to one goal, that one goal, the entire game. Their defense was fantastic. Um, it was a bit of a boring game for those first two periods. And then I think the Rangers came out in the third period with a little bit of fire. They had they strung together a few good shifts, drew a penalty. They didn't score on that. But then after they kept the momentum and eventually Will Cooley, he was looking real good in that game against Carolina. He scored the game-winning goal. His first goal at MSG he was all fired up. Um, and Chesterkin closed it out the, the rest of the way. The Rangers blocked a lot of shots. Uh, They've been really good on face-off so far this season, uh, which is a bit of a surprise because the Rangers have never been good at face-offs since I've started watching them. Uh, but, you know, it's been, a, it's been a good sign to see those face-offs. Face-off wins, improvement. I love it. I love to see it. The Rangers defensively so much better than last year. I have some stats. Uh, Mike Kelly from the NHL Network had a, uh, a graphic. This was after the Rangers played the Flames. So defensively, shots against per game, the Rangers had, are giving up 24.9. At the time, it was first in the league, 9.7 slot shots against. So in like the, the highest danger areas on the ice, 9.7, that's first. 6.9 cycles chances against that's second. 2.46 expected goals against that's sixth in the league and 1.86 goals against. That's second in league. That's a very, very good number. You're allowing less than two goals per game. That is fantastic. I don't expect that to stay like that. You know, if you could keep it to around like less than two and a half goals per, per game, I'll be happy with that. That's going to be really difficult. The goaltenders have been really, really solid. Quick has been great after a, a sluggish preseason. Struggled mightily in the preseason. Um, and then uh, Shesterkin has been has been great so far. Hasn't been too reliant on him for most of the season. The last three games, yes, but especially those those last two against uh, Vancouver and Winnipeg. But Carolina, I thought the Rangers made some nice stick plays, uh, defensive breakups, blocks, blocking shots and stuff, keeping them to the outside. Um, it just didn't feel like the Rangers could get a lot going offensively. And that was concerning to me. Um, they needed to figure out uh, a good way to, you know, maybe up the four check, have two guys go in there instead of shifting to the one, three, one. I was saying to Nick and Python, uh, the guys who my friends, fellow Rangers content creators, you guys know this. Um, I was saying to them, maybe they shift to, they stay back more. Don't, don't be the one attacking or dumping the puck in. Let Carolina make the mistake in the one, three, one. But you know what? That's Carolina's game is dumping the puck in and making you make mistakes. So I don't expect them to make a mistake. Um, that's their system. That's Rod Brindamore's system. The Rangers eventually got it going. Blake Wheeler had a pretty solid game. I know people have been calling him out. I called him out last week. Um, they Wheeler had he could have had a point on that game-winning goal. He made a nice play along the boards. Truba was solid again. Great pass to Cooley. Uh, D'Angelo went flying in behind the net. I don't know why he blew past Truba there. Left his man wide open in the slot, and Cooley got a nice goal on uh, Freddie Anderson. And uh, that was the game winner. But 
you know, the biggest story of that game, we'll talk about it now, is the injuries to Adam Fox and Filipino. So in the first period, Adam Fox and Sebastian Ajo got into a, there was a knee-on-knee collision. And to me, it looked accidental, but it definitely was avoidable. Like Ajo was looking at the play. He was looking at Fox, could have stepped out of the way. But if Fox got past him, this is the way Mike Rupp put it. If you haven't seen it, go on his uh, Twitter account. And uh, he, he broke down the play. Go look at that. That is like a almost perfect breakdown. He said it wasn't intentional, but it was avoidable. And that's how I that's what I think. I don't think Aho intentionally did it. However, I think he he should have had to fight for that. Honestly, that's the Rangers' best player. You don't do that. You don't do that. You don't do that and get away with it. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I love Truba's quote after the game. Like he's like, I have to I lay hits all the time and I have to answer it. So I thought he should, but he didn't want to. And, like, the, the reason is, like, he didn't want to take a penalty. But, like, I don't think the referees would have called that. I don't think the referees would have called him for, for fighting, for an instigator. The Rangers probably would have been penalized. Lafreniere was going after him all night. All night. He would not let him go. I think Miller did, too. Truba tried to fight him. Ajo just chickened out and didn't want to fight. Um, he definitely should have had an answer for that. Rangers' best player goes down, and, you know, you're the reason for that. And I've seen people say that it was Fox who stuck his leg out. You're ridiculous, man. Come on. That's some bushly, that's some bushly commentary right there, man. I don't agree with that at all. I don't know what you're watching. No idea. Maybe it's just Carolina fans that have nothing else to cheer about. Maybe just tweet a picture of the Empire State Building. I don't know, man. But uh, the other thing was Filipino got into a collision with Fost, and, um. My friend or Nick was saying that, you know, the it looked like it was a it was his knee that got hit. I thought it was his head. I thought he got hit in the chin. And my first fear was concussion. I really, really hope he's on IR too. I really, really hope it's not a concussion because Heedle has had that already. Rangers really, really, really do not need another injury here. Um People were talking about Patrick Kane coming to the Rangers. I don't know if they're able to make that work now because even with cap, uh, Fox's cap on LTIR, as soon as that comes up, comes come as soon as he comes back, because it's not going to be a season-ending injury, according to everybody that has knowledge of the situation. It's not going to be a season-ending injury. But as soon as that cap hit comes off, that extra space goes away from the Rangers. So the Rangers would have to sign Kane to like dirt cheap. It would have to be like less than a million dollars or like less than $2 million. They could make it work probably, but um, I don't know if that's the answer right now. They might have to look at getting a, another defenseman or what they could do is have Keandre Miller step up here. Like this is his time to shine. Honestly, I think this is a, uh, he's going to get power play time, right? He hasn't been too bad so far, but I think he could be even better. Right, I, I see this as his chance to go from good to great. And uh, this is true, like I said, especially if he gets more power play time. He hasn't been good on the power play. He, he, I think he looks a little skittish out there, a little nervous. Um, doesn't handle the puck too well on the blue line. Not as well as he does at even strength. And uh, if he could make an improvement there, get some points on the power play while Fox is out, that'll help his confidence and make him even better. You know, 
And uh, Jones will be playing some games. The Rangers called up Connor Mackey. So if Jones wants to, wants to prove that he belongs here and in the lineup, he's got to play right now, honestly. And if he thinks he belongs in the NHL, because when Fox comes back and Gustafson's still playing really well, then where are you going to put Jones? Like, you could use him in a trade, right? So, like, if Jones is playing well, he could boost his value up and it could work out for the Rangers' benefit. It could help them right now, and it could help them closer to the deadline or closer to when Fox returns if they need to, you know, ship out a defenseman. Um, I have a comment here from from Matt. Uh, Kane coming would be Kane coming would be dependent on moving Wheeler. Fox going on LTIR doesn't really change anything. Um, yeah, okay. Um, that's a, that's a question, like, trying to figure out what they're going to do with Wheeler. I think it's still too early to figure out if they want to get rid of him or not. Uh, Wheeler has had a couple solid games in a row. Winnipeg, he, he wasn't horrible. And I thought he played solid against Carolina, honestly. I, I don't know. I thought, he, I thought he had some good bursts of speed. He's a bit older now, so he doesn't play the same way that he used to. Give the guy a little bit of, little bit of time. I'd say, you know, December maybe. We'll have a, a fair assessment. He's got to get some points, though. I think he could get. A, I think he could start scoring. I say right now. I say tonight he gets his first point as a Ranger tonight against the Wild. I don't know if the Rangers are going to win, but I think I'm feeling a, a Blake Wheeler point tonight. I will. Uh, I could put money on that. Honestly, I wouldn't mind doing that. Go to DraftKings, put five dollars on it. I don't know. Um, but uh, like I said earlier in the episode. 5v5 offense needs to get going with the Rangers. I'm looking at Mika Zibanejad and Capo Caco. Uh, Zibanejad can't be a power play merchant. Um, I was talking to, to Nick and Python about it, and you know they're saying he's not a 1C. I think that's a ridiculous argument because look at what Zibanejad has done the past few seasons. He could be a 50-goal scorer, a 40-goal scorer. All that work that he did to put it, that he put in, I mean, it doesn't just go away because he goes he, he goes dry for a couple games without a goal, right? Like, he's got to score more than on the power play. That's his issue. He's got to score at even strength. The Rangers really need that. And it looks like, you know, LaViolette is kind of hammering that point hole. Uh, and then Kako, he can't just be a good puck handler in the corners. I talk about it all the time on this show. You know how good Kako is uh, along the boards, uh, down the, by the wall in the corners? He can't just be that one-dimensional kind of player. He's got to be able to do what he did in preseason and get in the areas where he takes shots. Go listen to Vince Mercagliano's podcast. Someone asked him about that, like why he hasn't, uh, why he's been struggling, why he hasn't been getting any points. And Vince said that it's because he's not. He thinks it's because it's he's not getting in any shooting position. I agree with him. He's got to use that shot of his. Like if you saw that goal he scored against the Bruins in preseason. Nasty wrist shot over the globe side. That's something that he could use to his advantage. I know he likes to pass it. He's more of a passer. But if he throws the shot in there, it'll fake the goalie out maybe. And it'll get him on the scoreboard. But he's got to get away from the boards. And I don't know. I think he. I don't think he should be by the front of the net, honestly. I think he should set up in the slot area maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think... You should just leave the front of the net to Kreider. He'll do all the work. You really don't need two guys in front of the net there. Um, get another comment here from Matt. Uh, what really impressed me was the team defense after Fox came out of the game. 
They could have easily just folded, but they grinded out a win. The lack of 5v5 offense is concerning, however. Yes, yes. The, the Rangers defensively were fantastic. They stepped it up. I thought Schneider played really well. I thought Gustafson was great. Lindgren, as always, solid. Truba, really, really good game. The Rangers were short two players. And three, if you count Barkley Goodrow, because Goodrow wasn't really that good. Um, and Goodrow, don't be making uh, comments about him. He's missing this game because of the birth of his child. I saw someone be like, ah, that's ridiculous. Why is he doing that? What, is you? what are you, John Tortorella? John Tortorella telling uh, Callahan, I missed the birth of my first child. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, the Rangers stepped it up defensively. I was very impressed. This That's a game that the Rangers probably would have lost last year under Galen because they were worse at 5v5. Like That reminded me so much of that, that, that game, game five against the Lightning in the 22 conference final series. You know, it was the Rangers couldn't get anything going, even strength. Pretty much a log jam at neutral, neutral ice, uh, neutral zone, in the neutral zone. And uh, then they get, then, you know, late in the game, they score, they give up a goal, right? Like, that was where I thought the game was headed. I thought Carolina was going to get, like, some garbage-ass goal. The Rangers held in there. They stymied any, like, long... They had a couple long shifts, but I thought the Rangers did a really good job of uh, weathering the storm, pun intended. Um, here's another comment from, from Matt here. Uh, Kako has been my most disappointing forward so far. The guy we saw was making things happen in preseason has disappeared so far. The projection needs to start happening. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, don't forget that Mr. Intangibles um, <laughs> missed an open net as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Goodrow had it, a wide open empty net, and he didn't, he didn't score. We were laughing. We were laughing when that happened. Uh, Goodrow needs to be better. Honestly, that fourth line needs to be better, man. Uh, that's the least of the Rangers' concerns right now. Right now is Fox. Like they need, they need to pray that he comes back this year. I, I think he will. I don't know what the injury is. I have no idea what the injury is. And Hedl, man, if that's a concussion, I'm very, very scared for him this season. I don't know. I, I, have, I have no idea. This is just, this is just speculation. Like, I'm just throwing – it's not even speculation. I'm just throwing it out there. Like, I'm concerned with him. I thought that was a hit to the head. I thought he got hit in the chin. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it's only, like, a couple days or, like, seven days, whatever it is, seven games. I don't know what the rule is with IR. I think it's seven days you have to miss before you come off. But Heedle, I really hope he's okay. And Fox, of course, you have to pray that he, he comes back. But, again, 5v5 offense. Big, big uh, question mark for the Rangers. Even though they're winning six games, it's like, oh, yeah, the Rangers are winning six games. We did this last year. We did it first year under Gallant. We did this. Rangers are not a good, we're not a good even strength team. They started off this year really good. Last three games, not so much. They were able to get the big goal from Cooley, but it needs to be an improvement. It needs to, the team needs to buy into how they have to play here. And, uh, you know, they, they spend a lot more time in the offensive zone this season, which is great. Now try and get into the middle of the ice. Try and get into better areas. Like like I said, Kako and Zibanejad, they could be shooting the puck a little bit more. Kako for sure needs to be getting into the slot, I think. He needs to cut to the cut to the center. Uh, he used to do that. 
He used to do that his first couple of years. And then he stopped, kind of like how Panarin did it. And now he's doing it again. Panarin has been great, though, so far. I love him. Everything about him is great. I think it's because he shaved his head and he's got less weight to, to move around. He's uh, a lot lighter out there. He could fly like the wind. Um, but seriously, Panarin, unbelievable. Keep doing what you're doing. I hope Lafreniere kind of steps it up a little bit too now, now that Heedles goes down. Trocek, I'm not too worried about that second line because Panarin has been playing pretty well. And Trocek has been a great third line center. That third line was has been good. Even though Wheeler is not having a good start to the year, third line has been been pretty good. I like what I'm seeing from Cooley. He's he's different, man. He's just he's just different. He's got a different vibe to him. He's a gritty player. Uh he's he's a good back check. He back checks like he skates his ass off back to to cover and stuff, you know what I mean? Like he he'll throw the body. He's just a player that the Rangers really need. Like it's I almost see him like as a, a Foss replacement. Like the Rangers haven't had that since Foss left, and Cooley's kind of fit that role. And I think he's been doing a pretty good job. Now, he's, if he chips in offensively a little bit more too, he really pick up that that Foss uh, mantle. Um, all right. To close out this show, uh, we'll do the uh, ice cold take segment. Reminder to those listening at home or watching on YouTube: an ice cold take is an accurate statement backed by facts and observations that is solid in nature similar to a block of ice, i.e. a spot-on claim. So my ice-cold take this week is uh, Rangers fans need to have a better fan base, honestly. Like, you know, I watched the, the World Series. I watched the uh, NLCS, and I hate to admit it. It really, really pains me to do this. It really, really does, but Philly has the best fan base. They're the most passionate fans, and it's not even close. I once thought that Rangers fans were, like, you know, the most passionate out of all of us, but out of all sports, you know, that's just me being biased. The Rangers fans need to, we need to be louder at games. I've been going to more games. Like I never went to games before, like the past couple of seasons. I'm going to games now. We got to be loud. Uh, it's kind of quiet in there, honestly. I don't know. People are on their phones and stuff. I, I sound like a boomer right now, but that's just what I think. I think the, I think we need to be louder at, at the garden. And uh, we need to we need to show Philly fans what we're made of. You know what I mean? Like, we can't just be like, oh, yay, score. No, like, yeah, score. Woo! Like, high five everybody. Stuff like that. Go crazy. Like, I'm not saying go stand on, like, the Chase Bridge, like, or on top of the scoreboard or, like, on, on some lights, like, the, that those two dudes in, in Philly. Like, there's this viral picture of two two fans or – I think they were the the fireworks people that were standing on the the stanchions or on the lights above Citizens Bank Park. I thought that was really funny. Um, let's look at these comments here. Uh, Matt's going back to a the five v five. While the five v five play is imperfect yet, the biggest difference between the Galant and Lavi Rangers is the defensive structure is actually there, and we aren't relying so much on Igor to bail us out. That's pretty much a, a nice cold take right there. Honestly, like that's. That hits it pretty spot on. Um, under Gallant, it was just free free wheeling. Uh, players go do whatever you want. And uh, Shesterkin, like, put a big Band-Aid over our issues here, right? Like, save this shot. Save save this. Like, here's a two-minute offensive zone, defensive zone shift. Make, like, five saves here. No big deal. All right, and, uh, and then Matt said, uh, tell Dolan to lower the ticket prices and maybe MSG will be louder. Yeah, for real real 
I mean, they are selling out. So, I mean, you can't fault the guy there. He's uh, you're just trying to do business. Um, as long as you keep Madison Square Garden in the exact same place that it, it belongs, right there, world's most famous arena, then I'll be happy. You know. But yeah, the ticket prices are 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 ridiculous. Really, really crazy. And you know what's even more ridiculous? The fact that on MSG Plus, you could only have two signed-in devices at one time. That's ridiculous. I'm not even watching the stream. Like, I went to the game, and my parents couldn't even watch the game because I think my laptop was logged into my MSG Plus account, and they couldn't watch the game. But I'm not streaming on it. What is with that? What what What's the deal with that? I don't understand that. That's ridiculous. So stupid. My gosh. Anyways, um, Matt's ice cold take uh, for this season is the Rangers will finish top two in the Metro. Future ice cold take is the Rangers signed McDavid in 2026. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, that second part there, but top two in the Metro, they could do that. Right now, the Rangers are sitting first in the Metro, second in the Eastern Conference, and third in the league behind the Bruins and the Golden Knights. Um, so fantastic start to the season for the Rangers. Honestly, like you, you really can't ask for much more, but we're Rangers fans and we always ask for much more. We need more five on five offense. We need some, we need some long offensive zone shifts. We're moving the puck. We're shoot, shooting the puck. We're getting goals. We're burning these goals. We're shooting over their gloves, over their blockers, over their shoulders. You know what I mean? All these other teams do it. Why can't the Rangers? I just want to see that. I want to see the Rangers be dominant. Just like Panarin says he's always dominant. Why can't the team be dominant? Panarin is always dominant. But the team needs to step it up, get some five-on-five -five goals, and uh, stretch his winning streak to 10. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? I've never seen a 10-game winning streak. Uh, I think the Capitals had like a 12-game winning streak when I first started watching in like 2010, and they lost in the first round. So uh, actually, maybe stay away from the 10-game winning streak. Um, but anyways... Uh, as we wrap it up here, I'll leave uh, a couple notes for you guys um, for the podcast. Next week, we're going to have Dan Rosen on the show. Following week, we're going to have Bill Pito on. And then two weeks from that, Rick DiPietro is coming on the show, everybody. Rick DiPietro. Yes, the one and only Rick Humpty, Humpty Dumpty from 98.7, former Islanders goalie, former first overall pick. I got him. I found a way to get him. I'm just waiting on confirmation from ESPN. To, to set up a date, but he is coming. Maybe in like three weeks from now, like, you know, the week of Thanksgiving, maybe I get Molly Walker on because she did say she would come on the show. I just got to, I still have time to message her. Let's get the W tonight, Joey. Yes, I agree, Matt. Let's get the W tonight. Like I said, I'm still not expecting a win. I will not be surprised if the Rangers lose this one, but if they come out, play balls to the walls, if Laviolette's got them fired up, you know, the Fox is out, Heedle's out, we got to step it up and play our ass off. Maybe Jones has a couple points tonight. I don't know, man. I think they could stretch his game, the winning streak to seven. I think they could do it. Um, but anyways, Ice Cold Takes fans, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't. Stay here I know